Good morning, everyone. It's great to see these uh, kids grabbing their bags there and uh, getting ready to listen while doing something. That's good. It'll help them. Well, I encourage you to open up your Bibles this morning to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. This is God's word for us today. God gives us his word for us each day. And this day, this is the word he has given to us. Galatians chapter 5, we're going to read 13 through 26, and then we're going to hop over to 6. Just read a few verses there, 7 through 10. Let's listen closely this morning. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit... Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. And then on to verse 7 in chapter 6. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. People reap what they sow. Those who sow to please their sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. Those who sow to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time... We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Friends, this is God's word for us today. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Let's pray together. Lord, as we were singing that last song, Holy is the Lord, God Almighty. I was thinking of Ezekiel who, when he had seen you, lay by the banks of the canal that he had been sitting on when you appeared to him for seven days, stunned, in awe of your holiness. Seven days. An entire week, he just lay there, overwhelmed by your presence. This morning you have given us part of your word to digest. 
we think about the fact that you want us to listen. You want us to be in awe of you. We can't generate that on our own, but Lord, we have ears this morning to hear. And we pray that we will hear, that we will be hungry. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a canoe up here. Did anybody miss that? Probably better not raise your hand if you did. This, uh, this canoe was my uh, uh, present for when I turned 40 years old. I'd always wanted a canoe uh, for years and years, and finally uh, I was able to get one when I turned 40. And um, it's been on lots of great trips. Uh, it's been uh, in Red House Lake a bunch of times over at Allegheny State Park. It's been on the Allegheny River a bunch. It's even been to... Uh, New Hampshire and Maine, and uh, floating in some of the um, estuaries of the um, Atlantic Ocean that uh, go into uh, Acadia National Park. It's just a great canoe, and it's, it's taken us lots of fun places. I want to tell you a couple stories about some canoe trips that I took before I owned this canoe. Uh, the first one is one that Kristen and I took a long time ago when we were first married, and it was on the west branch of the Susquehanna River. You got that picture of us? There we are. Wow. <laughs> a little bit of change over the years. This is not actually the uh, shot of us on our canoe trip because that canoe trip was not a shot that we would ever have wanted to have taken of us at any time. This is us a couple years later backpacking in the, in the uh, Smoky Mountains. But um, we looked almost like this. And uh, we had borrowed this old wooden canoe. It, it was beautiful, uh, and it was very, very nice. And we were taking it down the west branch of the Susquehanna River, and it was a pretty fast-moving river down in Pennsylvania. And this canoe, we had never ridden in it before. We had ridden in lots of other canoes. Apparently, this canoe was quite a bit more narrow than the ones we had ridden in before because it was so tippy. I can't even describe to you how tippy it was, except that I can tell you that Kristen got in first, and then when I stepped into the canoe, the whole thing went over on the side, including Kristen and me into the water, first thing. We did have canoe bags, so things were dry, but we weren't dry. It was a terrifying trip. It was 18 miles long. We had a map of what we were doing, and I had canoed it before. But we were this newly married couple, and, you know, it was a trying experience. And we made fast progress. Let me tell you, we rode 18 miles. We paddled 18 miles in three hours. That's how terrified we were. We were just like, get in. The, I remember there was a fly like on my knee, and I couldn't reach forward and get it off because the canoe was so tippy. And it's just, just get off my knee, fly. You know, and just, man, we just flew down through that. That was, uh, that was a very fast-moving canoe experience. Complete opposite was several years later when uh, Jim Carfield and I canoed the Kentucky River together. Now, you, you might see, yes, that's a lot of what the Kentucky River looks like. There's no fast moving to it. And actually, ironically, Pastor Kristen told you this morning about uh, Missy Carfield is the person who's uh, help, helping us with uh, our ministry architects thing this week. This is her husband. And so Missy and Kristen were um, uh, off uh, waiting for us. We said, hey, 18 miles, 
yeah, we don't have a map, but it'll be fine. Uh, we'll we'll kind of, we'll figure it out, you know. It should take us, well, we did it in three hours, Kristen and I, so Jim and I, we can probably do it in three hours. It's a little less fast-moving river. Oh, man. It took us six hours. And without the map, we had no idea where we were the vast majority of time. We floated under a, a bridge, I-75, and that was the last landmark we knew except for this real high cliff thing we knew about halfway through, and then we knew there was this, this high railroad bridge that was right at the end. And so for 18 miles, we basically just paddled as hard as we could, as hard as we could. We're looking at our watches. They're going to be so nervous. There were no cell phones or anything. I mean, we're just hauling it for, 18, for six hours. And it wasn't until really the last 20 minutes when we came around the corner and we saw the bridge that we knew we had arrived. Just... Endless, endless. I uh, think about those two trips, and I, I think sometimes my spiritual life has been like that. At times, fast-moving and terrifying. And at other times, slow, no map, endless. Am I making any progress? Am I growing in my faith? You know, it's kind of hard to measure progress sometimes in your spiritual life, isn't it? Eugene Peterson calls our Christian lives, our our journeys of faith, he calls them a long obedience in the same direction. That makes sense, doesn't it? Just being obedient to God and paddling away in the same direction. Maybe you're a new Christian and things are moving quickly for you and you can look really quickly. You can look back at a brief time ago and say, whoa, my life has really turned around. But I suspect there also might be Christians here who have been Christians for a long time. And you look back and say, yeah, I've just been being obedient for a long time in the same direction. Am I making any progress? These words from Paul in Galatians are encouraging. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Do you ever become weary in your spiritual walk? Hey, it's Sunday, you know? Let's get going. Woohoo! And do you ever think to yourself, yeah, it's Sunday. You know, it's going to be pretty much the same, isn't it? It's predictable. We're going to sing some songs and look at some scripture and then go away. You ever tempted to think that that might be what's going on? Are you making any progress? I want to suggest that our spiritual lives are like a canoe trip. Each one of us has our own canoe. And thankfully, paddles aren't needed on this trip. Because God is the motor. The Holy Spirit gives us the strength to motor on, to push forward. It's not about our redoubled efforts. I want to say that again. This is not about our redoubled efforts. Your spiritual life is empowered by the Spirit of God. We are headed upstream, back to the source. If we think of God like the the, the source of the river, every river starts at springs. It starts at places where the water comes right out of the ground. You always know it's a spring when you can drink it right out of the ground. That's actually safer water to drink than often what comes out of our faucet if it's coming right out of the ground because it's been filtered. 
We're headed because, there because our hearts want to travel back to the source. We want to go back to God, to assuage that thirst that only God can satisfy. And so we're headed back to God, up against the stream. We'll talk about that a little more next week. Galatians says here, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. You will reap what you sow. You know, we, we know that progress is being made, friends. It is being made either towards greater slavery to the sinful nature, like Paul talks about here, or to abundant life in the Spirit. You are making progress in one of those two directions. Which one is it for you? Well, we read these two lists this morning in Galatians 5. Slavery to the sinful nature includes sexual immorality, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, drunkenness, etc. You know, these lists aren't all inclusive. You and I could probably make some lists of our own, couldn't we? Specific things that are part of our sinful nature. And then there's the fruit of the Spirit that's listed. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Don't you long to know, are you growing in the Spirit? Wouldn't it be great to be able to measure some progress in your spiritual life? Is it even possible to measure progress in your spiritual life? Some of you might say, well, you know, there's a certain maturity building progress process when we, we don't know where we are on the, on the metaphorical river, you know? You just keep headed, headed in the direction you're supposed to go, along obedience in the same direction, even if you don't see progress. It grows your trust. It increases your faith. It's okay sometimes not to know. And frankly, if we were obsessing and looking at a map all the time, we wouldn't even notice what was going by us. We would just be, it would feel like it's taken forever. You know, a watch pot never boils. To a certain degree, it's good not to know all the time. And that's true. But I want to suggest to you as well but th- that it's good to have some signs along the way. That there are some signs that can be really, truly encouraging and helpful to us to see along the way. Have you uh, ever been lost in your, in your car? I... Uh, I took a little trip down on Friday. I was driving around just trying to get a feel for the, the area around here. I decided I'd try to visit a whole bunch of these little Methodist churches I've heard about. And I went down to Blockville and Watts Flats. And I, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep going. And I just kept going. And pretty soon I realized I was in Pennsylvania, but there had been no sign. I mean, it was like dirt roads. It was awesome. I came out at this little uh, Amish schoolhouse. And, and you know, boys... Outhouse, girls' outhouse, that was awesome. And, and you pass by and, and you look in, and, and there they, all the kids were in their one room schoolhouse, the little hats out front. It was, it was great. I didn't really know where I was, which was, that was kind of fun. But you know, sometimes when you're lost in your car, you're, you're craning your neck, you're, you're looking around, you're like, where am I? And if it's not just a short little trip, a long trip, maybe you're far from home, it can be kind of a disconcerting experience. When you finally see the sign that shows where you are, it's just this sense of relief. Oh, that's where I am. That's where I am. And you really appreciate the sign, don't you? It's just like, oh, yeah. Oh, boy, that sign tells me where I am right now. I'm no longer feeling lost. 
Well, when you get back later and you're telling your family or friends about the experience, you tell them about what it was like to say, oh, yeah, finally, now I know where I am. You don't necessarily tell them about the sign itself, do you? Oh, it was a cute little white sign. It had a black border, said Route 36. It was so beautiful. No, you don't, you don't, it's, the sign isn't the important thing. The sign tells you where you are. That's the important thing. And that's why it's okay to say, yeah, we can look for some signs sometimes in our spiritual life. Not that we obsess about the signs. You don't obsess about the sign. You're just grateful that it tells you where you are. When Jim and I on the Kentucky River finally saw that final bridge, we didn't say, wow, look at that bridge. It's so well, all made out of iron, beautiful arches. We were just like, the bridge! Yes! <laughs> finally! We celebrated that we were making progress. God wants us to trust him, to keep on obe- being obedient to him as we faithfully head upstream. But he also knows that we need to know that we are making some progress, that we need to see a sign once in a while, and it's okay for us to see a sign once in a while. In fact, I, I want you to know this. It's, it's completely appropriate that, that you can learn to read the river. And that's, I hope, good news to you. It, it's, it's a wonderful thing to be able to look out and learn to read, oh, Yeah, we've made it this far. You can look at the map of life. That's the Bible. You can look at the Bible and you can learn to read the signs. You can learn how to navigate upstream and know that you're making progress. And that's what Pastor Kristen and I are going to talk about for the next few weeks. We're going to look at several specific ways that you can evaluate if and how you are growing in your relationship with God. Now, Bemis Point... United Methodist Church is not going to give you a little test or an exam for you to fill out the answer. I went to a church once in Texas. I really did. I went to a church in Texas. And the guy there explained to us how he, he gave these, like, exams to people in the church. Do you know the Ten Commandments? Do you know the Twelve Disciples? Do you know the books of the Bible? And you were graded. And I was like, okay, how do people feel about that? Well, some people like it and some people don't. Uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> they, were, they were trying to evaluate where people were, but we're not going to do it like that. We're going to talk about specific ways that you can see for yourself how you're growing. And we're going to have those be quant- not quantitative measures, like did you memorize 100 verses in the Bible last year? I mean, you could have done that, and I would love if you did do that, but that can become such a trap as to whether or not I've grown. Well, you know, I've done more than you. I mean, I'm further down the river than you, right? Because I know more Bible verses. See, that can become like this trap. We're we're not going there. We're not going to the quantitative measure. We're going to look for qualitative measures. Am I recognizing a diminishing of my slavery to sin? Am I seeing an increase of my freedom to live the life of the Spirit? Am I slowly becoming the person that God created me to be? 
Now, some of us are going to want to talk about other people's progress. You know, I'm doing a lot better than he is or she is. No, no, no. Remember, Jesus says, take the log out of your own eye before you start evaluating other people. This is about your progress. And it's not going to be checking off lists. It's going to be this qualitative thing. How am I doing? And I just want to look at four quick examples from this book of Galatians that we see in this passage. This passage that we read today is so rich. There is so much here. I just want to look at four brief things. One is in chapter 15, verses, sorry, chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. It's always good when Kristen sits down there and shouts, five, and helps me. Thank you. One time when we were in Olean, she told me to uncrunch my hair. It was true. My hair was very crunchy. It's good. I love you. It's helpful. <laughs> chapter 5, chapter 5, 14 and 15. This is, this is the word right here. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Now, this is one example of what I would call a sign that's pretty easy to read. It's like seeing a bridge on the river. Oh, that's where we are. Okay? Like a specific place. Think about this. If you keep on dividing, um, biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. I want you to think. Are you talking about anybody in this church in a biting or devouring way? I want you to think about that. Are you doing that? That's a sign on the river. It's not really a good sign. But it is a really pretty easy to discern sign. Am I involved? Not are other people involved about me, but am I involved in biting and devouring another Christian? Isn't it interesting that Paul uses biting and devouring? It comes from our mouth. He knows how strong our words can be. That's a pretty specific sign. Here's one more example of a sign that's pretty easy to read. Uh, verse, uh, chapter 5, verses 25 and 26. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Are you, frankly, struggling with being a little conceited about how you're doing compared to somebody else? Provoking, provoking. Speaking words that discourage somebody else. Maybe you're struggling with envy and so in order to make yourself feel bad, better you provoke them a little bit. Is that happening at all? I would say if that is, that's a sign. That's a sign. It's kind of a negative sign. It's not a sign you want to see. Or maybe you can think back and you can say, I am not doing that. Then that's a sign that you're making progress. Because the natural thing for us to do sometimes is to tear each other down. So that's a, that's a sign, a, a pretty easy-to-read sign. Maybe if you struggle with alcohol, you haven't been drunk for a couple months. That's a sign. That's a good sign. An easy-to-read sign. And then there are the signs that are more challenging to read, and I'm just going to give you two examples from our reading about those. These are signs that 
are not like a bridge, which tells you exactly where you are, but it's like a bend in the river. Now, you don't know where that bend is on the map necessarily because you can't always figure that out. Which one of these hundreds of bends is it? But you know you're going around a bend. You know that you are actually making progress, even if you don't know where it is overall. These are more challenging to read signs. And a couple examples here as well. Chapter 5, verse 17. One of my favorite verses. You're going to say, why? I'll explain it. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. Now get this. So that you are not to do whatever you want. Did you hear that, Christians? You are not to do whatever you want. Now is that a message that is contrary to what the world tells us? The world tells us, if your heart is leading you in this direction, if you love this person, if you want to do this, then you just go for it. Because that's where your heart is leading, and it can't lead you in the wrong direction. You do what you want. That will be fulfilling. Paul is saying right here, doing whatever you want can, not always, but can lead you right in the direction of the sinful nature instead of the spirit. You are not to do whatever you want. Now, that's a hard one to apply, isn't it? It's more nebulous. It's more like, I'm on a bend in the river. I, I, what I'm trying to say here is very simple. It's this. If you have an attitude that says, hey, whatever I want, God's going to bless that then I would say that's a no. But if you have an attitude that says, I have certain wants and desires, and I submit those to God every day, and God teaches me slowly and surely over time that some of those are healthy, leading towards the Spirit, and some of those are leading towards a sinful nature, and I don't want to be a part of that, then you are making spiritual progress. Now, that's not as clear as a nice bridge over the river. That's far more like just a a bend in the river. But friends, that's one of the ways we can begin to read the river. And you can learn to read the river and see your spiritual progress. One more example of of a more challenging read, a difficult thing to read, but still important. Um, Chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Let us not become weary in doing good, For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Now, you might say, well, lots of people do good in this world. Even people who aren't believers. And and that's true. That's why this isn't a really obvious sign. But if you know that you are attempting on your best discernment from God to do good to others, especially other Christians, then that's not like a big, obvious, you know, hey, I've been free from alcohol for five months. That's not quite so obvious as that. But it is a bend in the river. I do reach out in faithfulness to do good to my brothers and sisters in Christ. That is one way to read the river. It's not as clear It's more interpretive, but it's also one way to read the river.
Well, we want you to experience the joy of seeing some progress versus the despair of just being on a river forever and ever wondering where you're at. And as we enter this new six-week cycle here, this new sermon series headed upstream, we want to ask you, how have you been doing spiritually? And do you know where you are on the river? Are you even headed upstream towards God? Or have you been paddling with most of the world down away from the Lord? Stick around and invite your friends. Let's learn to read the river over these next few weeks. Lord, thank you for your word, which sometimes gives us clear benchmarks, clear signs, and which sometimes gives us a little more nebulous, but still powerful encouragements. We may not see it exactly, but we're heading in the right direction. God, I pray today for anybody who is feeling overwhelmed. I don't know if I'm making progress. I pray that that person today will be encouraged that we can all learn to read the river, learn to read the signs, that there will be a growth in each of our lives towards you as your Holy Spirit works in us. And it will be discernible, not all the time, but there will be times of encouragement when we see signs. And that is a good, good thing. Pray it in Jesus' name.